to Richard Herring. for Stuart Lee every single night of his life. So, hello. Thank you. Hello and uh, welcome to the final episode of the show that all the other reindeers, that's the ones who are prejudiced against reindeers with unusual noses, are calling A.I. Ottoma. Yeah, it's the choice of racist reindeers. But don't worry, Rudolph, so they don't let you join in with their reindeer games. I happen to know that all the reindeer games were shit. The other reindeer's antlers and hooves meant they couldn't even play a game as simple as Countdown on the Nintendo DS. <laughs> All you were missing was running headfirst into another reindeer and smashing your antlers against theirs. Which ain't my idea of fun. Nope, I prefer to be shackled to the front of a magic sleigh, which might be magic enough to fly, but is not so magic that it's able to have headlights. <laughs> and then fly all the, way on, all the way around the world in one night, lugging enough presents for a billion children. Yep, satirise Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer there. Wouldn't like to be him tomorrow morning after that lambasting. I got, I got him, as you can probably tell. Uh, we're just coming up to my favourite day of the year, the anniversary of King Herod's Massacre of the Innocents. <laughs> in which the firstborn sons in every family were slain in the vain hope of killing Jesus. Even though, like all the things we're celebrating at the moment, this story is a myth with no historical provenance created by the anti-Semitic early Christians in order to try and convince their gullible converts that Jesus was the Messiah, I still love it. It's a good yarn. Uh, and if I'm ever made king, my first edict will be to kill all firstborn children. Then when that's done, all secondborn children, then all the thirdborn children, and so on, until all the children are gone with their shouting and their crying and their parents thinking they're the cutest little things that have ever lived when in fact they're just big bags of puke and shit. <laughs> then I'll make a throne out of their tiny fragile skulls <laughs> and sit on it masturbating. <laughs> yep, when I'm king I'm gonna do it old school. Uh, I probably shouldn't have mentioned that so early in case I actually do become king. It might hamper my chances, you know. There's some kind of X-Factor king competition <laughs> that might come back to haunt me. Uh, anyway, it's great to be the end of the series in, in this series. In ten short weeks, this humble podcast has made all other broadcast media redundant. <laughs> Turn on your TV, all you're going to see is that test card with the girl playing noughts and crosses with the scary clown. Switch on your radio, you'll only hear the buzz of static. Go down to your local Borders bookshop, you'll find the shelves empty. No books, no DVDs, nothing. Because everyone else has heard what I'm doing, producing a stand-up and sketch show based on what I've been up to this week, put together in hours, recorded in minutes, and then plonked straight onto the internet, completely unedited, and thought to themselves, well, we can't compete with that. They've shut up shop. So either that or Sky have cut off my service due to lack of payment. It's, it's one of those two things. Anyway, here's some of the things that have occurred to me this week. Friday. Uh, Gillette decided that in light of recent revelations, they no longer want golf for Tiger Woods promoting their product. I can understand why advertisers advertisers would want to take the moral high ground on an issue like this. After all, they're just trying to make an honest living, convincing people they need razors with five blades <laughs> when clearly a razor with one blade is more than adequate, thus making themselves five times as much money as they would do otherwise whilst wasting the Earth's valuable resources. You can, you can understand why Tiger Woods having sex with some ladies would appall people of such high calibre. Friday. It was good to see Have I Got News For You covering the Titsy the Dwarf story. Just... <laughs> 
just eight and a half short weeks <laughs> after we did it here on AI Ottoma. <laughs> and congratulations to the writers of Hignify. Hignify. <laughs> Do that while you're down there. Uh, for, for finding probably the only thing they could steal in this entire series that would be suitable for broadcast on television. The cock-juggling British Comedy Award-winning Thundercunts. Uh, <laughs> Why don't you have Ian Hislop being cock-slapped by Jesus next week? That'll be, that'll be fun. But I was pleased to see the quiz was being hosted by McNulty from The Wire. That was... He'd gone undercover as that English businessman again. I uh, uh, hope he didn't end up having to have a threesome with Paul Merton and Ian Hislop. It's, you've got to really watch The Wire to get that one. But if you do, it's a really fucking funny joke. Saturday. I saw a trailer for a new show in which Amanda Holden is being taught how to be a midwife. Surely her career isn't going so badly that she has to retrain as something else, but then again, I haven't seen Big Top yet. <laughs> and talking of TV personalities, TV personalities who will very soon have to find themselves a normal job, will you please welcome, currently retraining as a golf sale sign holder, Dan Tetzel. Oh. oh. And learning the ropes as a syphilitic crack whore, TV's Emma Kennedy. Hello. Good evening. And unfortunately there is no Christy, Christy, Christ on this week. He's already found a new job. He's wanking off pigs in a farm in Kent tonight. <laughs> He's not collecting sperm for breeding or cosmetics. That's what they make them out of, girls. But uh, the pigs are paying him for the service and they offer better swill than I'm able to provide. So not that I've been paying Christ to wank me off. Uh, oh no, he does that for free. Do you see the way, see the way I've subverted your expectations there? It was pretty amazing. <laughs> anyway, what's happened to you this week, Dan? Tetzel. Uh, this uh, you may remember last week, a member of the audience gave me a vinyl copy of Don't yes. Smoke De Reefer. Yeah, I do remember. It's been re-released. <gasps> 2009 remix. So now, the Christmas number one race is between <laughs> Joe McGeldry, Rage Against the Machine, and, you know, Don't Smoke De Reefer. Obviously, it's not very good. But, I, you know, there, what, there are 400 people here tonight. I mean, if we, everyone buys, you know, a thousand copies... <laughs> 30,000 people listen to the podcast. If everyone well, if everyone... Board. They could all buy 100 copies <laughs> each. We, we might get there. I think I'd like that to happen for my Christmas present. Thank you very much. Good. I've just been a little bit sick in the back of my mouth. That's oh, just that's some... Nice. Uh, oh, right. So that's just some recent mention your DVDs. Nice. Ate my, I ate my uh, Pret and J sandwich a bit late this week. <laughs> just come back up to visit. Oh, so, uh, what's happened to you this week? That literally has just occurred to me. That's how, <laughs> that's how exciting this programme. I thought you were picking on me, trying to, you know, plug my own material. No, no, I actually have That would have be hypocrisy, say, rank no, hypocrisy. It would, this, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Emma Kennedy, what's happened yes. to you, and what would you like to promote I, I, on I, I, this final oh, episode? Oh, well, if we're doing some promotion, <laughs> uh, I think you'll find if any of you are looking for a lovely Christmas present... Uh, then you can't go wrong with a book called The Tent, The Bucket and Me that's uh, actually written by Emma Kennedy. Um, or for a nine-year-old, you could buy William Wilmer Tenderfoot and the Case of the Frozen Hearts. Um, frozen what? Frozen Hearts. Oh, Hearts. Yeah. I thought it said so The Frozen Hearts. Books. They're good I mean, books. I'd buy that. Wilmer Tenderfoot and the uh, Case but, of the Frozen Hearts. Th this, this week, I, 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 I had a swank. Uh, my swanker didn't do, do, do the... No! I didn't have a swank. I've had a few, actually, to be honest. My... Hang my on, girlfriend was away on Saturday, and why not take advantage of that, eh? Did I? Yeah, I told that Paul. Let's move on. Uh, I went to a Swanker Doodle Doo affair, oh, yes. which was the Alicia Keys um, album launch. Mm. That was quite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I did something insane. What was it? I've agreed to do a marathon 
for breakthrough breast cancer. <laughs> what is that? To... Pro or yeah. pro or anti breast cancer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's promoting breast Pro-ing cancer. That's terrible. Yeah. You're the most evil yeah. woman I've ever yeah. met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so if you'd like to sponsor me, uh, please yeah. do. I'm, I'm doing it here with with a team with uh, Grace Dent and Catelyn Moran, who are who are some journalists, uh, and two other girls called Sally Hughes and Sarah Morgan. And uh, and if you would like to sponsor me, then uh, if you follow me on Twitter, my Twitter uh, name is Emma K67. I'm pretty much on a permanent basis putting the link up to the um, to the website where you can go and sponsor, or just hand me some free cash in the street, and I will make sure that it goes to the promotion. The of show has turned. This last week it has turned. There'll be more self-promotion later on. Uh, do you know something about uh, today's audience, Emma? Actually, it, it, it's funny you say that because. Um, there's so an awful lot of them. There are. There's a lot of them. There is. The theatre is actually yes. full to mm. capacity. Mm. We've sold out every single seat this week for the first yeah. time, which is Did pretty much. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Doesn't, doesn't that mean <laughs> that you have to get your cock out? Yep, it does. My membrum virile must be unleashed. And you, in turn, Emma Kennedy, must unpouch your clackalackadactack. <laughs> Oh, God, no. And then we must make sweet, sweet love in front of all of this audience. Is that what, is that what you'd like to see, people? Is it? Yeah. Surprisingly, some do. Hang on. Why don't we just who, who said yes? <laughs> and who said no? <laughs> I feel sick. Yeah. Can I go backstage while this is happening? No, Dan Tetzel, you must stay and watch the atrocity. Oh. And... If sufficiently aroused, join in. Oh, we can, no. we can spit roast. No. What? what? One of it. Well, it doesn't have to be Emma. It can be me or you. But <laughs> <laughs> well, what? One in the tent, one in the bucket. <laughs> yeah. I'll take. I'll take the Will Mattel tent. Yeah, we'll tent the foot. Yeah, yeah. I'll take the frozen ass. Um, <laughs> no, so no, I, I'm not going to do that. No. I, I am unbuttoning. I am unbuttoning. I'm unbuttoning my fly oh. now. And oh, okay. I am undoing my vaginal pouch. And I am, sc- <laughs> I am scratching out my eyes with a microphone. What? what on earth has happened? The prospect of having to top this disgusting sow. <laughs> has caused my entire genital assemblage to retract. <laughs> Right, back inside my body. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've all heard that excuse, haven't we, girls? But no, wait! Wait! The possibility of having to take that gnarly knob inside my holy temple of womanhood has caused my clacker to heal over in self-defence. There's nothing there. I have a smooth genital region like an action man. Our disgust for one another has turned us into eunuchs. Though I feel we owe our paying audience some kind of sexual display for their loyalty. So after the show, for paying customers only, we will anally rape Dan Tetzel with this chair leg. Well, it's not rape if I want it. Tuesday. That's right. That's right. On Tuesday, me and Andrew Collings were doing a live performance of our non-loaded laughter-nominated podcast <laughs> in Brighton. Afterwards, Andrew invited me up to his hotel room for a drink. I thought I was finally going to break his, his anal hymen, but Andrew had other things on his mind. Why don't you have another beer? In? <laughs> are, you, are you trying to get me drunk, Andrew? No. 
you know how everyone has an Andrew Collings except me? Yeah. Well, I think I found one. It's this slug I found in my garden. I can load it up over him and no mistake. Yeah, come on, sluggy. You a scum. Oh no, he's coming for me. Oh, with his strange slug eyes and his slithery body. It's okay, Mr. Slug. You're the boss. I'll be your Andrew Collins. <sighs> I will never find my Andrew Collins. Somewhere in the universe, there must be some microbe more pitiful and less successful than you. Oh, I've just remembered. Next week is the last of your other podcast, AI Autumn. AI Autumn, isn't it? Yeah, I don't tell anyone, but I'll be really glad to get over oh. it. Oh. I'm, I'm coming along to see it. I've paid for my ticket and everything. I love your stuff. I'm your biggest fan. I think I'd better go back to my own room now. Can you, can you unlock the door? Yes! I was, I was just wondering, are you, are you planning on doing a sketch about me again this week? I love it when you take the mickey out of me. It's, it's hilarious. Yeah, I am. The, the Andrew Collins character on AI Ottoman. AI Ottoman. No, stop doing that. He's, he's a very popular character. It's just that, given that I'll actually be in the room, don't you think that I should play me in the sketch this time? No, the reason is because the actual you will never be in this oh, podcast, so that's... Oh, but it seems crazy. You know, you'll have an actor on stage saying the things I'm saying now, in- including this, and I'll, and I'll be sitting just a few feet away and could say the things in my own voice rather than that stupid voice that isn't my voice! I don't, don't know what you're talking about. I don't think you'd be capable of doing that. You're not the sure. audience would love it if I did. No, they wouldn't. They'd hate it. I think they'd love it. No, they wouldn't. I, I, could hate just, it. I could just get up out of my seat. And I, could, I could come and read the last bits of the sketch. It's what the people want. It's what they want, isn't it? Yes. Well, it's a shame we're sat in a hotel room in Brighton with no, with no access to our audience oh. to find out if that is the case. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But if they were here, they'd want me to come up. I, I, I can almost hear them cheering, cheering the idea. Just pausing for think what I'm thinking. They clearly, uh, yeah. but clearly you can't actually hear that unless you're mentally ill. So, uh. hmm. no, I'm. <laughs> well, I'll just be sitting over there. Let me be in the podcast. I just want to be in the podcast. Let me be in the podcast. You will never be in my podcast. Why don't we let fate decide? I'll just spin this roulette wheel. If it's, if it's black, I'm in, and if it's red, I'm not. I'm spinning it now. Stop this, it's Hold on, I'm just, just spinning the wheel. Starting start to spin it now. Any, any minute now. It won't, only I can use that sound effect, so it's oh. not. You are so evil. I can almost hear the audience booing you now. Aboo! Aboo! This isn't a fucking pantomime. <laughs> Oh, no, it isn't. Oh, no, it isn't. Where's my career? Who are you talking to? (laughs) Are you really not going to let me be on the podcast? I thought you were just pretending and building it up for a final twist, and I'd come on and the crowd would go, what? (laughs) 
Yeah, you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> the twist is that you will never be on the podcast, even, even though I said you never would be, you never would be, never. <laughs> Sunday. As, uh, I don't think that's going to help, because it is. That's just going to make him more, more not on it than he was already. <laughs> I am. As re- it's, like a, it's a little bit like a pantomime. It's almost like I'm an evil villain. As regular listeners will know, the stress of writing a new hour of comedy every week has affected my mental health uh, somewhat and made me suicidal. But that is a small price to pay for everything I have got in return. Some over-familiar emails from strange men, 44 one-star iTunes reviews, and a thinly-veiled death threat. Uh, I really couldn't face doing this last show with all the pressure of wrapping up the series in a satisfactory way, including enough new stuff to please the people who hate recurring jokes, but also enough recurring jokes for people who just like hearing the same thing over and over again. I decided I couldn't take it anymore. I was all I decided I would go and throw myself off Waterloo Bridge, but I was stopped by a mysterious stranger. Don't do it, Rich. It's not the answer. Who are you? What, what do you want? Oh, I beg. I beg. You know it. I beg. It's me, Michael Jackson. Who's bad? Me. I am. Shipong. But you're dead. Double dead, in fact. You can't double die, Rich. Derek Akara lied to you. But that is the only lie he has ever told. <laughs> but after you killed my ghost in episode four of A.I. I went up to heaven. Heaven? Really? You, Michael Jackson, went to heaven after all the stuff you did? You yeah, said, yeah, I did. And I've been sitting on the right-hand side of our Lord, drinking Jesus' juice. <laughs> Yeah, you mean Jesus juice, I think that's what you You mean. know what I mean. It was never going to be easy for me to get in there. I have to do what I'm told. I've never been cock-slapped like this in my life. But then, none of the cocks I had been slapped with before were fully developed. Who's been? So we're doing kind of It's a Wonderful Life skit here. Uh, I wonder if anyone can guess where this might end up going. It's a last show, Rich. You'll get away with it. I'm here to show you what the world would be like if A.I. Adama had never existed. All right, I get it. And I suppose in an amazing twist, I bet that without A.I. Adama... Shut up. Without it, the world without this show would have actually been much better. Ah, ha, ha, what a brilliant sketch. Ah, ha, yeah. ah, it's better off than worse. Ah, ha. Yeah, don't be so sure, Rich. Michael Jackson is full of surprises. Just ask Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> or as I call him, Macaulay Cumpkin. No, don't. <laughs> I would applaud that. <laughs> Don't do the pumpkin joke. It's, like, it's past Halloween. We're not doing the pumpkin joke anymore. That's but that was the best joke in the series. An accidental slip of the tongue was funnier than anything you managed to write. 
what the world would have been like if it wasn't for this groundbreaking internet comedy show. It's going to be better. This world was going to be better. That is going to be yeah, the twist wait, at the wait end of the Wait and see, wait and see. Now, we just need a sound effect to signify the mystical changing of time. Which of the many sound effects on our sound effects CD should we use? Just get on with it. No, come on. Let's give it some just, thought. Just play the sound effects. Well, maybe it won't be the one you're expecting. It won't be the one I'm expecting. I'm full of surprises. You weren't expecting Dangerous to be the last single from the album of the same name, were you? I didn't know that it was. I didn't care about that. <laughs> just play the roulette sound effects. No, it might not be that sound yeah, it effect. It is. It'll definitely be that. And then yeah. the sketch, the world will be better at the end. It's obvious. Oh, you can never be sure. See? <laughs> See, I told you. Yeah, well, it was that one this time. Yeah, the fucking sound effect gets a bigger cheer than I bloody do in this. That's, that's right, you idiot. Cheer for something you knew was going to happen. I hate you all and I'll be glad when you're all dead. Look at the very different world of December 14th, 2009, where AI Adam never existed. Look at today's headlines. Silvio Berlusconi has been hit in the face with a cathedral. That, that happened in the reality where the show did exist. Yes, I know. Well, not everything will be different. <gasps> Joe won the X Factor. He won the X Factor anyway. Well, he was bound to win. There was nothing you could do to change that. Ah, oh, but look at this. Tiger Woods has been dropped from the Gillette adverts. He was dropped in our reality as well. Was he? I thought Gillette didn't mind giving their own dubious morality. No, they did mind Michael Jackson, so they let him go. That's shit. <laughs> well, something must be different. It's not that. Not a thing in the world is different. Not better. Not worse. Just exactly the same. Which is actually worse than the world being worse because of Atoma. Atoma. At least. <laughs> That would have been something, but to make no difference at all, that is awful. So the sketch didn't end like you expected. No. Nah, I told you you can't predict what I will do next because I am dangerous and bad and a paedophile. No, not that last one. <laughs> but let's not be hasty, Rich. This show has made one difference to the world. Come with me to this warehouse in America. Listen to the workers taking the inventory yeah, okay. in a world without your pockets. Okay, so how many pumpkin mugs have we sold in the last <laughs> ten-week period? Oh, let's have a look. Yeah. Just a little look. Oh, we've sold none. Yeah. As always, none sold. The bosses of UrbanDictionary.com will be furious. What a shame. And now... Have a look at those two same workers taking inventory in the world in which your show exists. Okay, so how many pumpkin mugs have we sold in this last ten-week period? Oh, let's have a look. Just a little look. My gosh! My goodness! I don't believe it, George. We've sold three pumpkin mugs! Three mugs? That's incredible! That'll give us a net profit of $2.13. Work to celebrate. If it wasn't for you and AI Adam, AI Adam, 
Do you know what difference it makes? Is it no difference? <laughs> Don't be so sure. I've got someone who should know. Hey, it's Al from Quantum Leap. <laughs> yeah, Michael. How can I help you? What does George do with the money? Well, uh, beep, boop, boop. Ziggy says that George takes the $2.13 to his local store and buys some Calgon tablets for his washing machine. He, uh, he never bought them before, but he, he buys them and uses them, and he's impressed with them, and he keeps buying them, though in the end his washing machine breaks down for a reason unconnected to Limescale, and George has wasted over $50 of his own money on Calgon tablets which is exactly the amount he needed to stay in his home when he's laid off from the Urban Dictionary Warehouse for ordering in pumpkin mugs that no one ever buys. And he, yeah, he becomes an alcoholic, then he goes on a mad rampage with a gun, and he kills 40 people, uh, one of whom would have come up with a cure for a deadly virus that hits the earth in 2012. So as a result, the whole human race is wiped out, all thanks to AI Adama. AI Adama. <laughs> So the show does make the world worse, just as I said it would at the start of the sketch. <laughs> I led you on a merry dance before we got there, didn't I? Bobby, shit, mom. Still, on the bright side, that was uh, Michael Jackson, Al from Quantum Leap, Pumpkins, and the Roulette Wheel all ticked off the list in one skit. So that is quite an efficient, <laughs> an efficient callback there. Right, uh, thank you very much. Let's, uh, it's time to go into this uh, dubious moment where we step into our audience, uh, not literally, thank God, to uh, see if anything's occurred to any of you this week. Hands up, quickly, if anything's occurred to you this week. Someone there, what's, what's occurred to you, sir, I think? I, I, I played Russell T. Davis in a pantomime. You played Russell T. Davis in a pantomime. <laughs> what kind of pantomime was it? Was it a kind of sexual one or just a Doctor Who based one? Was it based on Queer as Folk or Doctor Who is really what? Could be two very different... It was for a small group of nerds. Still doesn't answer my question. It comes <laughs> Doctor Who fans are obviously all gay. That's taken as a written. No, not so popular now. Old, the, old school, the old school ones are. Trust me, it's not homophobic. Uh, so, anyone else? Let's move on before I become. And then a lady, I think, here. There's a lady down there. I'm okay, it is a lady, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Hello. <laughs> She got asked on her first date in eight months and then got stood up. And because she's English, she wants to tell everyone about it. And there's, you know, there's 200 men in this room, at least probably 300, really, let's be honest. So she's just over there, B, two, three. I'm sorry to hear that. Come up. Oh, don't come up. <laughs> we'll take a photo of you, put it on the internet. You mad, Kennedy? <laughs> you can give me a blowjob if that helps. <laughs> Who would, oh look, she's, she's absolutely good. I was expecting some oh, hideous Come on, come on lad, troll. She's called Katie, how she's old are Katie. you? How old are you? She's 24, come on, come on lads. Any takers? Any takers, come on. What bit? 25, 25, 25, 25, 25, 25, 25, 25, 25, Katie, meet Lewis. I think she can do better than that. <laughs> you know what, looking around you the room, I think she can do better than everyone. There we go. Maybe, uh, <laughs> Tristan? Uh, so, 
Hello, what's up? Uh, it's very dark. It is a lady, I believe. Um, it occurs to me that the world is a very small place because I met a friend after 10 years today. Oh, you met? Yeah. When I was coming here, he said, How interesting. Um, my flatmate <laughs> went on a date with Richard Herring. You were doing a show at home? No. That could be fucking anyone. Bring it down to... if you're in London by any stretch of imagination. This lady, I can't hear what she's saying. It's, uh, <laughs> uh, people at home won't be able to hear what it was. Was I a charming gentleman on the day? She said you were marvellous. It was. Was I? <laughs> well, it was 50, 50 dates in a row. One of them had to come out, all right. It was 50, darling. I don't know how many it was. I did it. <laughs> Who was it? It was Lisa. Oh, yeah. London Zoo. Oh, yeah, that was nice. She was very nice. <laughs> London Zoo's got a nickname. You had sex with the London Zoo one, didn't you? <laughs> Gorilla Mountain, lines of clothing. <laughs> this does go out of me Move on. Oh, I don't know what to say. with some monkeys. Doesn't everyone, sound like a bunch of a Everyone gentleman. just delete that. <laughs> so I think we got away with it. We're edit this one. Uh, is there anyone who's got a thing that isn't about dating me? I'll go for you in the white t-shirt. Yeah, um, I had a, a weird dream that I had a three-way relationship with my current girlfriend and a friend. <laughs> yeah, so I'll have to repeat this because you're a long way. He had a weird dream where he had a three-way relationship with your current girlfriend and a friend of yours. Was it a male friend or a female friend? Female friend. Good, that's all right. It's just good to know. <laughs> Yeah, you're introducing them to your family. You're just showing up. You've had a threesome in a dream, mate. That doesn't count. We've all done it in a dream. You introduce them in your dream. You introduce them to your family. And what happened? I think that um, even though your brother complained about the sex noises in a dream, this is madam. You remember at the beginning, before the show, I said, if you're mentally ill, try not to, not to ask a question. Why do the mentally ill people always ignore that? Why? Is there anything? Do you want to tell us more of this dream? We can all tell each other dreams. I. Uh... I, know I said to my brother that it's hard to have a quiet threesome. Yeah. Um, I missed the end. It's hard to have a quiet threesome, even in a dream. Should we go for one more to see this? I mean, it's going so well. I mean, we might just get a normal. Has anything good happened to anyone? Like, let's keep this in the real world from now on. Anyone, one more. Some at the back. They're right at the back, you there in the dark. My wife left me to cycle to Denmark. Your wife left you? That would be sad to cycle to Denmark, where her lover lives. Have you noticed, Richard, how, how pretty much on a weekly basis we have people just coming and telling us about their shattered lover? <laughs> Has anyone had a happy relationship this week? Has anyone got together with someone this week in the audience? Yeah, one bloke there. Well, my girlfriend and I announced that we're having a baby. Oh! They announced they're having a baby. The funny thing about it is they're not having a baby, they just announced it. You better have it before I'm king, that's all I'm saying, or there'll be... Uh... There'll be trouble. Do you have any more stories this week, Dan? No, no. no. Okay. <laughs> You've been on any dates with me? Probably tell some stories about that. Let's move on. Uh, I've been out with some girls, you know. It's, yeah. it's, I'm, I'm in a relationship now. It's funny that you're talking about, you know, going out with girls and stuff. Why is that? I kind of think that we're shortchanging the audience, Richard. 
I don't think we are. They came here quite specifically on a promise, didn't they? <laughs> that you and I would make sweet, sweet love. And I think if we can't do the full thing, I think... <laughs> I think that maybe... You can blow me, it's all right. Should, <laughs> you can, you can be, you can. I think we should, you know, it's Christmas. I, yeah. I think maybe we should have a kiss. <laughs> remember, I have to remember, I have been sick in the back of my throat. <laughs> this might be the thing that sends us both over. We can give it a go. <laughs> all right, well, let's leave it up to the audience. Would you like to finally after all these years, <laughs> see me and Richard Heron do and kiss. No! No! Well, it sounds like if you don't want to, then shut your eyes. Because <laughs> <laughs> was that was, was that it? For those of you at home, uh, this is one of the most disgusting things you'll ever see. It's like kissing my sister. I imagine <laughs> if she's been battered round the head with a brick. So, um, <laughs> my sister's really good looking. Not that I fancy her. Oh, let's move on. <laughs> Sunday. On Sunday afternoon, I was sitting in my lounge, my laptop in front of me, really struggling to write even one joke for this final show. I was on the point of giving up entirely and thought to myself, God, if only some cunt could be hit in the face with the cathedral in the next couple of hours. Then all this would be easy. And luckily God, taking a break from rolling his son's plasticine penis in his almighty hand, looked down from his heaven above and answered my prayers. Now, usually I wouldn't find it amusing to see the battered and blooded face of a 73-year-old man after being physically assaulted, but A... This man had been hit by a cathedral, which made it quite funny. B, Berlusconi is a cunt and did deserve it. And uh, C, the thing is, he just doesn't look 73, does he? He's so lucky. He's been blessed with that lovely thick head of natural hair. He, does, he doesn't even have a wrinkle on his face. He looks so young. If he looked or acted his age, then it might have been more upsetting. But what I want to know, well, where were his bodyguards? Didn't they, didn't they learn to deal with this kind of stuff in bodyguard school? Hey, what are we learning about? Today. Hey, let's have a look. Uh, today we're learning about how to protect our client against an attack uh, using a small plaster model of a gothic cathedral. Ah, we don't have to worry. That will never happen. Hey. Let's bank off a gorilla mopeds around and eat some spaghetti instead. Ah, yes, because we are Italian and that is what we do. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, we learned how to deal with an attack by using a small plaster model of a Romanesque cathedral yesterday. It's a gotta be the same. Simples. <laughs> ah, the hubris of the stereotypical Italian bodyguard. The, the Gothic and Romanesque styles of cathedral are very different as they learn to their costs yesterday. Anyway, the ease with which these, with which these utters get... Hmm, start again. That would be edited out on uh, TV. I wish I was on TV, yes. 
The ease with which nutters get to throw eggs at John Prescott or shoes at George W. Bush or cathedrals at Berlusconi makes me think that Al-Qaeda just aren't really trying very hard to get these people. Stop using bombs and guns, maybe, and have a go at using foodstuffs, clothes and souvenir trinkets instead. Maybe a baguette with a model of the Eiffel Tower tied onto it with a scarf. That would, that would make an effective spear and a fitting way to dispatch Sarkozy. Uh, Gordon Brown, he wasn't wearing that flat jacket and massive helmet this morning because he was in Afghanistan. He was ready for a model of the Houses of Parliament and a Ginster's pasty <laughs> to be catapulted him out of a bra. Uh, it's happened to him once before. That's how he lost the eye. So, uh, it's... And, <laughs> and on Sunday evening, I tuned into The X Factor uh, along with millions of other idiots and was delighted and excited when one of the two similar men won. <laughs> Well done to him. But uh, this time the script, I've been watching TV, it remained largely unwritten. I was depressed. I'd not only failed to be invited to the British Comedy Awards for the 17th year in a row, but 17th, yeah, not 70th. Uh, But I'd also not even made it into the final shortlist of Sports Personality of the Year. It's been a bad... Whilst Jedward were getting to sing with Paul McCartney, I was sitting in my pants, eating a fruit pastel ice lolly, being forced to contemplate the failure of my career. I I realised that this had to be the last, as it occurs to me, I would ever write. It it was the end. It it had been a noble experiment, but I have to say, it's failed. But as I was thinking all these things, I fell asleep. I was was awoken with a start. Rage, rage. My troll-like girlfriend. Norwich, it's me, Susan Boyle. I dreamed a dream of days gone by. <laughs> That's just another sight to me. I am not mental. What are you doing here? I have come to warn you of the error of your ways in ghost forum. But, but you're not dead, Susan. No, I'm no. But let's face it, I will be soon enough. It's inevitable. No with a tornado I've been casually tossed into and come out alive. But Rich, you and me are very fucking similar. We're, we're really not similar at all. I lived a life like you, dreaming of the big time, but getting to my forties and thinking that maybe it would never happen for me. But I was wrong. crack a mental mad wrong. I am not mental. And you should never give up on your dream of producing podcasts either. I don't want to do podcasts anymore. I want to be on telly. I just did the podcast to get on the telly. I thought someone would see it. Why can't I? Why can't I be on the telly? But don't you see that your podcasts are better than anything that could ever be on TV? Didn't you see the British Comedy Awards? Didn't you see the ITV2 after show extra with that stupid poor selector cunt on it throwing cheese everywhere, not even at politicians, just at a fucking wall? That's what TV has become. What are you doing here is more important. Swearing and being childish and lightly mocking the mentally ill. I am not mental! There's no way podcasts are better than TV, they're not. Tonight, three spirits will come to visit you. One every hour at the sound... <laughs> at the sound of the roulette wheel a-spinning. <laughs> but before that... I want to show you my clacker. There it is. Look at it. It looks like the floor of Sweeney Todd's deadly barbershop. All that hair, all that meat. Now, come on, Rich. Come on. Walk through the hairy forest and into the magic. 
Horses and my magic Aslan. Hold on a second, Susan Boyle. Are we doing a Christmas carol at the moment or The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe? I'm it's confused. an amalgam. It's an amalgam. Get it to me, clacker. No, it's, it's, it's all right. I'll take my chances with the three ghosts. Ah, suck yourself. It's your loss. Listen out for the roulette wheel. I didn't take Susan Boyle too seriously. I just laughed at it. Laughed off like people laughed at her the first time she came on TV, remember? And then they were surprised, weren't they? <laughs> at one o'clock, the clock struck. <laughs> oh, no, just as Subo prophesied. Show yourself, spirit. Show yourself. Come out from whence you are. Uh, Who hello, are you? it's me, Richard Whiteley, the, the ghost of podcasts past... Uh, are you playing my theme tune? Yeah, that is. That's the uh, countdown theme tune for people uh, who are listening. <laughs> Number eight. Yeah, well done. <laughs> Richard Whiteley, a ghost? Yes. Uh, no need to be so grave, Rich. Because <laughs> you're in a grave. It's good, yeah. I have no body here with me. <laughs> no body because you're a ghost. That's brilliant. So stop looking at my ghoulies. Why do you always have to I don't, spoil I don't, it, Whiteley? I'm sorry. I, I, sorry, I can't help oh, myself. It's, uh, it's an illness. Is this... Uh, <laughs> Is this just going to be a, an excuse to parade out a few of the more popular characters from the series with a poor excuse for a final sketch about a Christmas carol? We, mm. we might as well really have just sold out and done that clip show. Well, I mean, I mean at least this lift. way the, the, the audience will have some fun trying to guess who the other ghosts will be. Mm. Yeah, I'm not really sure that'll be that much no. fun. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> you are sick of your podcast now because you've become old and cynical. Bah, cumbugs! <laughs> But let me take you back to a time when you were younger and happier and considerably thinner. October this year. It's true, I've put on a lot of weight doing this. Look at that, where are we? Where are we? We've gone into, that's me and there's Dan and Emma and Christian. God, we look so young and unravished and sweet back there. Listen to what the ghosts of your past are saying. There was once a boy called Richard Herring who had a friend called Dan Tetzel. He also had a friend called Emma, and another one called Christian. One day, Richard said to Dan, Christian and Emma, Let's make a podcast! And Dan said, Yes, let's. So they did. And I ceded to call it the As It Occurs To Me. We will be the thriving four! Said Richard. Then Emma asked, Have we got a mighting place? Richard said... The Leicester Square Theatre. Richard took them to his theatre. I think we should work very hard on it and could get quite a good podcast and bring down television. So they worked very hard until it was finessed. Soon they held their first meeting. I will be the leader. Dan, you can look after any money we might make. Yeah, fat chance of that, I suppose. Emma... You can narrate our adventures like you've been doing so far. That's been quite useful. And Christian, there's nothing for you to do. It's all right, said Christian. I don't want to be anyone. God, look at us. See what you were, Richard. Look at us, Richard White. You're so full of hope. And I, I truly believe that the podcast might destroy all other media back mm, then. If you believe it enough, they will. People uh, laughed at me when I said Countdown would be the biggest TV show of all time. But... Look what happened. <clears throat> yeah, well, my time is past. Another spirit will be arriving soon. My money is on it being Titsy the Dwarf. 
oh god wow what a strange dream that must have been the result of a half digested Haribo it can't have been a real oh no look another roulette wheel spinning another spirit please leave me be I don't want to do the podcast anymore who are you who is it this time who could it be hello it is me the ghost of the meerkat from comparethemeerkat.com simples who thought it would be me no Uh, mm. okay (laughs) not as popular as I think I am the ghost of podcast present though you know no need to mention my my podcast is presently at 61 in the charts whilst yours is still at 25 alright okay fine ah (laughs) meerkathubris.com I am here to show you what is going on in the world of podcasts today look Look, here we are in Andrew Collins' tiny studio flat. Studio flat? He told me he lived in a house. He was lying to impress you, Richard. (laughs) Andrew Collins loves you, but he has nothings. Nothings but his dream of being in a successful podcast, if only for one second. What's he doing though? He's playing with dolls or something. (laughs) Ah, hello, and welcome to A.I. Ottima. A.I. Ottima, with me, Richard Herring, and my friends, Emma and Dan. What have you been up to this week, Dan? Oh, I expect my baby's been sick on me or something. Hold on. Dan doesn't sound anything like that. That's, he's oh. so useless at doing voices. Oh, and who's this coming up now? Oh, it's my extra special guest, Andrew Collins. Oh, hello, Rich. Thanks for having me on the podcast. It's all I ever dreamed of. Meerkat from that shit advert. Andrew Collins looks really ill. Will he... Will he be okay? I cannot see the future, Richard. To do that is not simple. It is... It is quite complicated. You need to speak to the next spirit. I hope tiny Andrew Collins will be okay. What's that now? What's the... I can't hear... No, oh, there he is. It's three, three o'clock there. I should be glad when I never get to hear that fucking roulette wheel ever again. <laughs> who will the final ghost be? Any guesses who it might be? Anyone got any ideas? Who? Titsy could be Titsy. Anyone else? Jumpy. Jumpy could be Jumpy. That would be an interesting choice. Who? The man behind me in the queue in Waitrose. Yeah, could be. Let's... Well, let's see which of our popular characters it is. G'day, Rich. It's me. The ghost of podcast future. So, sorry, who are you? I thought I thought this sketch was going to be filled with well-loved characters from this podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's me. Don't you remember? No, I don't. That the woman from the Australian RSPCA got a, <laughs> upset about that chef eating the rat. I mean, you know, I'm more surprised to be here than anyone. I, I really didn't think that sketch worked at all, but here I am anyway. And I'm here to show you a vision of the future if you don't keep doing your podcast. Ah, what is it? A, a grave whose name is on there? <laughs> I can't quite make it out. I'm just Try trying to... Come on. I'm moving the dirt off it. Come on. <gasps> Tiny <laughs> Andrew Cox. <laughs> I'm crying, he's sad. He dies of grief after not being allowed on the podcast. Dead? Yeah, straight up. (laughs) And look also, 
30,000 nerds who are slightly disappointed there are no more podcasts. Your podcasts might be hard to put together, but perhaps in the end, they are truly worth it. Even though ultimately, as Michael Jackson and Al from Quantum Leap revealed earlier, they will be responsible for the destruction of humanity. <laughs> God, this show really is shit house, isn't it? <laughs> Fucking hell. Tell me, oh spirit, are these things set in stone or just shadows of things that might come to pass? They're just shadows, mate. Now look, I don't have time for this. Of the lives of Australian rats to protect. Oh, oh my gosh, I'm awake, finally. You there, boy, you. Actually, you, boy. <laughs> what? What day is this? What day is it? <laughs> December the 14th, December the 14th, 2009, then it's not too late. I, I still have one last podcast to celebrate. And I don't care about being on the telly anymore. All telly's shit. I wouldn't go back on telly if they paid me. I would go back if they paid me. <laughs> but this podcast is all that matters to me now. And eventually the British Comedy Awards will be forced to recognise me if I die tragically young or just live for ages and ages. That's one of the two. But more importantly, I have something else I need to do. Andrew? Tiny Andrew Collins? Are you there? Come up here, Buster. Come on up. Come on up here. That's right. Tiny Andrew Collins. (laughs) That's it. All the way up. That's it. That's right. That's right, tiny Andrew Collins. Jump up onto my shoulders. <laughs> it's Andrew Collins, the real one. Look, I should point out, I never want to be on this podcast. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to be on it that much. Yeah, that's right, Andrew. <laughs> of course you don't. I really, I really never did want to be on it. <laughs> That's why I've only come twice uh, to see it. I've, I'm, not, um, I'm not impressed with the portrayal of me, for a start, which is libelous and unfair. And last week, you said that I'd never won any awards. You haven't won any awards. Yeah, I fucking have. <laughs> I won... I won uh, you can't, don't even know what they are. I do. I was nominated for a Writers Guild Award in 1995. I won a Sody Gold Radio Award with Stuart McConey for Collins and McConey's Hit Parade in 1996. And I won an RTS Breakthrough Award with Lee Mack for not going out, the sitcom that was on BBC One. And we also won a Rose Door for the same sitcom in 2006. In your mind, Andrew, yeah, in your mind. In your mind, you won all those things. Just, just like in your mind, you play at being in the show when you're at home in your bed sit. No, it's, it's reality. This is, why I don't it's want reality. You, this is why I don't want you on here. You can't even play yourself properly. You don't even, you don't even sound like you sound. This is what I sound like. It isn't. It what is. is the meaning of this? <laughs> who is... No, come on. Now, who is this person on my stage? Who are you? Come on, answer. I am Andrew Collins. 
no, you're not. I am Andrew Collins. You're an imposter. You, you don't even sound anything like me. Now, you're an imposter. The reason I don't sound anything like you is because you don't sound anything like me. I am the real Andrew Collins! <laughs> oh, it's, it's all right. I really like you. Ah. I think you're quite funny. I've been listening to you at home, obviously. Uh, and I really enjoyed it. And to be honest, I'm getting pretty sick of Richard Herring. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, with his profanity. Oh, dear, yeah. And his non-mortgage-based methods <laughs> of distributing lottery wins. Oh, don't. Don't get me started, you know. Oh. And his racist songs. Oh, dear, that was... All, I mean, that... I'm a chinky boy, whatever no, he says. see it again. So, to be honest, yes? I thought that maybe mm? you and I could do a podcast together. Oh. You could replace him in the Collins and Herring podcast. You mean do a Collins and Collins podcast? <laughs> yeah. I think it could be a smash. But, yeah, all right, but, you know, but hold on. In this podcast with Andrew Collins and Andrew Collins, which one of us would be the Andrew Collins? <laughs> Well, since I'm the only one who've learnt my lines... <laughs> not I'll, well be to be Andrew, I'll be Andrew, I'll Andrew Collins. <laughs> Me, I'll you be Andrew will be Collins. Andrew Collins. Yeah, I finally. Oh, finally, I will have found an Andrew Collins. <laughs> but who will be your Andrew Collins? I don't need an Andrew Collins. Huh? I'm quite happy to be him. In fact, I can't think of anyone I'd rather be than Andrew Collins. Really? <laughs> Loser. He hasn't even got the right colour jacket on. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Collins and Collins! Oh, thank you very much! There he is. There go. <laughs> thank you very much. If you, um... Oh, he doesn't want to be on the podcast, does he? But he goes off stage one way, comes back on the other. If you've enjoyed these free podcasts, please come and see my show, Here at the Moustache, which is on tour between January and May 2010, including the first two weeks of February here at the Leicester Square Theatre, if you live in London. But it's all over the place. To find out if I'm coming to, near to you, visit www.richardherring.com slash gigs. Or you can, if you can't do that, buy my DVDs and book from www.gofasterstripe.com. I have to make a living as well. Uh, I'll continue to put this free content out as long as I can make a living from the non-free stuff, but we've penciled in a second series of this self-indulgent toss... <laughs> For me, the good thing is, we don't have to wait for any cunt to decide that we're going to do it again. We can just do it again. How fucking wonderful is that? But uh, for now, in true pantomime spirit, can we thank all the people who've helped make this podcast what it, was, what it is? All the staff here at the Leicester Square Theatre, especially Julia and Pat. Give them a big round of applause, please. Everyone at Avalon, especially Kelly, Emma and Alice. Orange Mark at the British Comedy Guy, Webmaster Rob Sedgebeer and Damien Caldwell as well. Thank you for them. Our producer, Ben Walker, he puts all it together. Our wonderful musician and absent friend, Christian Riley's, ladies and gentlemen. Nazi spawn, Dan Tetzel. I'm not saying Jake Powell, Richard, I'm not. Mawkish, potty mouth, sexually repugnant, termagant, TV's Emma Kennedy. You're all in shit-smelling fart tasters. But most of all, Above all of them, I'd like to thank someone much more important. <laughs> it's me, Richard Herring. I am the best! <laughs> Definitely.
thank you very much. Thanks very much for coming to the show. If you've come, uh, thank you very much for downloading it. It's been quite good. See you next time for As Good As It Gets, or as all the cool kids are calling it, a Gaiga. as the series finishes, the needle comes to the end of the record and gets stuck in that final groove. Where it will stay until As It Occurs To Me returns. Listen to it turning and the needle jumping. Can you hear it bumping around? Nothing left to entertain you. The music is ended. Yes, the sound effect. It's on a loop. It's going to start again. It will continue until our producer, Ben, gets bored of looping it on top of each other. There'll be nothing else on the rest of this podcast apart from that sound, so you might as well stop listening now. Honestly, there's not going to be any surprise jokes or hidden tracks or someone shouting, Willies, coming up. Even though there are lots of minutes left at the end, you've probably noticed, it's just going to be the roulette wheel spinning over and over again, signifying your own mortality and the redundancy of your life. No one would want to listen to that for all that time, would they? But some of you will, because you're convinced that there's some other surprise coming, aren't you? Save your time. There isn't anything else. This is it. Still, you're going to have to listen, aren't you? Just in case I'm lying to you. I know some of you are. Some of you are going to listen to that noise right for the next 10, 15, 20 minutes. God knows how long it will be. You're wasting your time. Though I am thinking of releasing the roulette wheel sound effect as a single to see if we can get to the Christmas number one beat Simon Cowell. Anyway, thanks for listening. You are now in my power. Buy my DVDs. Come and see me on tour. The rest, apart from the roulette wheel going round and round, is silence.